Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show, number 232. I always like the palindrome ones. Yeah. Those are my favorites. Uh, my name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing well. 232 was the room number of my favorite high school teacher. So oh, this feels auspicious. You, 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 you have a personal connection. I just like that it's a palindrome. I have no connection to it besides that. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, if, if you guys did not know, each week here on the review show, we have a different story to talk about. Could be a comic, could be a movie, could be a manga, an anime, audio drama. Who knows? We read it. We watch it. We do what we have to do. We come back here and talk about it. This week, we are going to be talking about a comic book. Uh, we're going to be talking about the first two Ooh. volumes of Die. Uh, I have the physical copy of volume one right here in my hands here. I'm showing it off to the camera. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to all of that in just a sec. Melissa, how was your weekend, though? It's fine. I did a lot of laundry and I did a lot of Christmas party planning. Just <laughs> very practical adult things. Yes. Yeah. It's starting to, to be that time of year for sure. Um. We're, we're we were starting to think about like what what holiday decorations do we want to get now because we're we, we have to put all our halloween stuff away i, mean, I mm. guess we don't have to right yeah but it was just like let's let's get some christmas stuff where are we gonna put the christmas tree where are we gonna hang the stockings uh which by the way we were sh shopping for some groceries the other day we went to winco and we we just looked, we just perused their Christmas decorations and stuff that was up. And in the kids section, I happened to find a very fine Spider-Man stocking that I purchased yeah. for myself. <laughs> so yeah, I have a Spider-Man stocking. <laughs> is it child sized or is it does it have room for adult gifts as well? I mean, I would assume adult gifts can fit in there. Uh, <laughs> you like the same stuff. You still like candy bars and stickers. Right, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What what adult things were you thinking? Um, a checkbook. Uses <laughs> uses a checkbook anymore. A shaving kit. <laughs> One no, very it's, nice it's, pen. It's it's a normal size stocking okay. compared to the rest of them, but it was still just like, look, it's a Spider Man stocking. We can't not get this, right? Uh -huh. I was like, yeah, we have to get this. <laughs> I'm a huge Spider-Man dork, so that worked out perfect. Worked out oh, good. It was good. a good weekend, for sure. Very nice. Uh, comics. Comics. Let's start, let's start talking about Die. So I, <laughs> I had heard of this book for a while. Um, I, I know pe people really, really liked it a lot. I had always seen the covers at my local comic book store, stuff like that. Uh, I, I always thought they were really nice. It's like at first glance, if you don't know, it just see it seems like some weird abstract design uh, on the cover. Um, but this is a comic book about tabletop RPGs, um, mm -hmm. so, so to speak. Um, and so then once you know that, it's just like, oh, that's like the cutout for to, to make like a, a D20 
die or what have you. Uh, and so I was like, that's really cool. I I like that. I like this design of this book. So I've been interested in wanting to check out this book here, but, um, never really got around to it and then recently i picked up volume one because the comic book store didn't really have what i had ordered yet so i was like Mm -hmm. well i'll just buy something else while i'm here so i picked up (laughs) i love that that's your approach you yeah you can't go into the comic book shop and not buy anything you'll just have yeah you have to find something else i've mentioned this i've kind of mentioned this before (laughs) on another one of my podcasts is is that like i even like when i'm buying something from amazon i feel bad if it's under 20 dollars i don't know mm. why they're just arbitrary if 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 i don't spend at least like 20 dollars at a store that i'm in i feel bad it's like this isn't mm-hmm. enough they don't appreciate my patronage truly if it's not 20 dollars <laughs> or more right so it was like yeah it's like i can get my like one single issue that they had in my box that was waiting and that's uh-huh. like five bucks or i can also you know add on something else and make it a little more substantial um okay so yeah i i, I picked up to die volume one because i was wanting to get into it and finally pitched it here on the show mm-hmm. melissa let me ask you this what made yes. you want to pitch this one or want to pick this one of the stuff that i pitched last week I don't even remember what the other stuff was now. Uh, I do like tabletop games. I'm not very into them. I've never played a a very long campaign. And when I have played campaigns, they're in more contemporary (laughs) non-D&D tabletop systems. The longest games I ever played were in uh, Monster of the Week and Masks by the Powered by the Apocalypse system, which is... Very, very simplified, you know, very rules light, more improv not as like deep and crunchy as D&D. But you I like the, the description of this. It reminded me of a lot of things. So sometimes I just pick things because I know the recommendation section is going to be easy. Sure. And we read something from Kieran Gillen not too long ago, which was uh, we were the first two volumes of Once and Future just a couple months Correct, ago. Yeah. And that was impressive work. So I thought I would try it out again. And I have to say, after reading this also, I don't know if Kieran Gillen's the right match for our show. Because on both of these titles we've read, we read the two volumes, and I feel like I know just a fraction of what's happening. Like, I I feel like we got just like the tiniest surface level of everything that is in this book. But also, I don't know if I ever want to do these on a monthly ongoing series. Because these are so dense, I don't want to have to read them on a timeline. I feel so, like Kieran Gillen is a private personal journey. You take on your own time. <laughs> I, I'm i of a similar mind. I, I don't know if I would say he's not a match for our show. Uh, I, I would still like to read more of his stuff. I read the first couple volumes of The Wicked and the Divine when they were first coming out. Mm. Uh, ended up kind of falling off of that that book. I, I think I just haven't found the right kieran gillen book for me because yeah mm. once in future very good very very entertaining very deep and heavy into the arthurian yeah. legends and i yep. i just felt lost i was i was just mm. like i 
I I recognize that this is great, but I just, I feel ten steps behind the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a similar thing with this. I really liked what there was, and I'm not even someone who likes fantasy stuff in particular. True, um, but I liked what was there. I also recognize that, like, okay, he's pulling from a lot of fantasy stuff. Some that I recognize, some that I have no idea what this is, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just not familiar with that. I'm also not a tabletop RPG player of any sorts. I play video games, so I kind of understand some of the concepts that do sim- similar mm-hmm. things. Uh, but, uh, right, like, I just... Was just like I'm not into this stuff in particular, and he has gone mm. deep dive into all of this. So, real quick, I the physical copy here of Volume One. It was in the digital version too. I, I looked to to make mm. sure, but there's a bunch of essays uh, in yeah. in the back of this, which they included in the single issues. That's something that I don't think we've ever really talked about much here on the podcast is that sometimes in the single issues of a comic they will put extra material uh Mm. in that as an incentive to buy the single issues because that's often like if no one buys the single issues then maybe the book gets canceled um Mm. though i think in more recent times that thinking has kind of changed and hey maybe wait and see for the first couple trades to see how those perform um and just shut like that but that's something that's interesting that we haven't really encountered these books that have like essays in the back end and stuff like that but he was going into like how he came up with like all the the classes uh in in the 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 character classes and why each character got each die that they were assigned in this and i was just like this is fascinating stuff but it's it, it like just over my 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 head for most of it so good stuff though um let's do a a plot synopsis though because again Mm. at the end of the day i i I liked what we got in here a lot i i I thought this was some fascinating stuff when you said that reading once in future made us feel like we were 10 steps behind i feel like with this book i maybe only felt four or five steps behind sure I think it is I, a I feel little like that's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little easier to grasp than once in the future was, but it is still uh, d- very dense in symbolism, meaning and allegory. Yes, absolutely. Um, and familiarity with the stuff that he is alluding mm. to and things like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, so Die, Volumes 1 and 2 by Karen Gigalen and Stephanie Hans. Uh, and then I believe it was Clayton Cowles that did the yes, Clayton Cowles that did the letters. Um, th- th- this is about a group of kids uh, in the 90s uh, who play a tabletop RPG and, of course, get sucked into the, 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 the game. Karen Gigalen himself likes to uh, say that this is Gagoth Jumanji. So I've heard. Um, but yeah, they eventually make their way out of the game. They've obviously been there for some time. 
there's been some repercussions. One of them is missing an arm, uh, mm. st- stuff like that. And for a couple decades, they don't really talk about the experience. Also, partly because one of them didn't make it out. And they're not talking yeah. about why or what happened or stuff like that. They just don't talk about it. And uh, they all kind of grow up and they go their separate ways. Uh, and then certain things start happening that, hey, maybe we need to go back into this game. It seems like mm. maybe this kid that we thought died, maybe he's still alive. Um mm. And so, yeah, they they reunite and they go back into the game uh, to find the world very, very different from how they left it. Things have moved on. Things have changed. And uh, yeah, the, 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 their friend is still alive and he now seems to kind of be the one in charge of the world like this, this, this godlike figure uh, in, mm. in the world here and uh, does not seem to be happy. Uh, so they have to figure out how to save him and get back out is is what I get yeah. gathered here. So especially when he is the he was the literal game master when they were playing in like somebody's basement in 1991. And now he's sort of ascended to this weird God level over this fantasy realm. And it, it doesn't seem like he really wants to get out or if he does, it's only if his players play by a very specific ever-changing set of rules right <laughs> like they can't yeah. just get out that easy yeah um yeah it's it's an it's an interesting interesting book like i said i'm i'm generally speaking not a huge fantasy mm. fan all the like lord of the rings style stuff game of thrones just really doesn't pique my interest all that much um not to say that they're can't be you know good stories in 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 that genre um but it's just not my first choice um and Im- immediately i was like oh well i'll have something to l- latch onto in in this when one of the k- characters is like can i play as a cyberpunk and i was like <laughs> yes I am right. in. I like this character already. Here we go. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if you knew that was in the book already Not when you all. picked it up, uh-uh. but it felt so serendipitous. <laughs> and yeah, the game master lets her play as a cyberpunk, but she is the fantasy equivalent of what a cyberpunk would be. And right. that is fascinating. That is so yeah. inventive. Everything in her character class. Yeah, I like that because she has to like recharge her equipment every day with like a, a I'm not sure exactly what it was like a fairy gold or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and Just it's like the fairy gold that like gold. Yeah, yeah, it disappears at every sunrise. So every day she has to go out and find this gold to like power herself. She can't stockpile anything, which right. is a big challenge uh, when all these characters are in danger and hers is the only power set that's able to help them. And every day they have to go scrounge out to find like 10 gold coins. And if they find five, like they can't save them for the next day. Everything disappears. They have to find as much as they need on one day. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But but then once she's fully powered up, she can like teleport and hack Mm. into all these systems and technology that's in in there and do some fancy stuff. They, they, They have some really, really neat classes uh in yeah. in here the main character ash 
um, who are in the real world uh, is a guy, and then in the world of to die mm. plays as a woman. Uh, her, mm. her class is a dictator. Um, yeah. Which is not exactly what you think it is. They are these kind of like magician classes that can say something to you. Like they have the power to say something to you and then yeah. you will like you have to obey. You are compelled to obey. Uh, but but even within the systems of the world, these the dictators aren't really the most powerful people in there. Like they are there's laws restricting like what they can and yeah. cannot do. They have to be bound to someone else to do that. Like there, there's some really fascinating stuff of just about how all the worlds mm-hmm. work exactly. Um, that I thought was neat. I think w- what my, my favorite class actually though, was the grief night, the, the emotional mm-hmm. nights uh, in, in, in there that they are, they're just kind of regular nights but yeah, each the, there's supposedly eight of them scattered mm. throughout the world and these emotional nights when they uh, are feeling the emotion that they are aligned with. And then the, yeah. the per, per person in the party here is the gr- grief night when he is set sad, when he is gr- grieving, he becomes immensely powerful. Uh, and so in the case of the party, the dictator will often like say something to, to him or the sword, his own sword will speak yeah. to him and t- t- tell him, like, think of like children dying and doing all, you know, all of this. stuff. You'll never make it out. You'll never see your wife again, like all this stuff. And he gets sad and then gets immensely more powerful and can kill all of these dragons and stuff like that. And I thought that was fascinating. I was like, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do really like that approach that like the barbarian class that can have this berserker rage. It's like, what if you had berserker tragedy? What if you had berserker joy? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, powers wise, I really dug the God binder, which is a version of a cleric where instead of like praying to a God and the God bestows this blessing on you that you were able to like heal your party or defeat this monster or escape from this dungeon or whatever. She makes deals with all of these gods the way like uh, somebody summoning a demon would. And she's constantly in debt to them. And she can get something out of a particular god, but she has to pay them back in some way. <laughs> I like the... IOUs, the, yeah. Yeah! I like this very sort of financial, like who are making tr- not literally money, but like I'm going to owe you favors. You, I'm going to call on you for help, and then there's going to be times when you don't answer me because I'm that far in debt. And okay, I can't go to this god. Let me try this other god. Let me go through my rolodex. Who can I call? Yeah. What's interesting is uh, in, in in fantasy you get a, a, a number of different religious. Uh, like uh, r- mm-hmm. relationships with religion in the world entirely, right? I, I think oftentimes when you think fantasy, you think like Middle Ages and like knights yeah. and castles and stuff like that, which it m- might lead you to believe, hey, Christianity is kind of mm. the main religious stuff, or you might have stuff that just absolutely has nothing to do with Christianity because it's some 
made up fantastical world, right? It's something else. Or they just don't mention religion, really. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't really get into it. So, yeah, the fact that there are, like, these multiple deities and they go out of their way to say, like, you can only be a god binder if you're atheist. Because it, like, Mm. it's... You have to have a certain relationship with these guys. It's not like you believe in them and you're praying to them and worshiping yeah. them. It, it is a more like uh, transactional like you, you you said this like business like thing it it it, it, it is this transactional relationship of, of of like all right look uh do this thing for me and i'll owe you right which is at the also at the end of the day how a lot of people treat religion too so that's interesting mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But yeah, just fascinating twists on all of these classes. I like it a lot. And and just so that we're mentioning the final one, just so that we're rounding out the party here, there's also a character type called the fool who's played by the guy who like doesn't really want to play the role playing game. He's just there to hang out with his buds. Yeah. (laughs) Or or like, it's just the guy who's like, I don't care about the rules, but I want to have, I just want to have fun. I, you know, I don't think the game is lame. I just want to come in here and do whatever I want. Like, I don't sure, really yeah. care about the rules. I'm here to break stuff. I'm here to make whatever I think is the funniest choice in any situation and not like the actual most strategic choice. And so that character's got this sort of odd chaos magic around them where they, if they do like the stupidest thing possible, like that will help them win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly um so i i would say go check the, this book mm-hmm. out i think there's a lot of stuff in there especially if you are a fantasy fan uh it is pulling uh the, from the obvious stuff like lord of the rings from mm. chronicles of narnia uh and then one that is pulled from a lot that i'm not super familiar with what's what's her name what's the author's name charlotte bronte yes I'm not familiar with her at all. Me either. Um, so I, there's allusions to to works of the, the, theirs in there. Uh, but then also, yeah, if you, if you like t- t- tabletop RPGs, check this book out. Uh, there also is a an, an actual tabletop RPG version oh, yeah. that Karen Gigalen has uh, made. So if you want to play die uh that information is uh in the books here i think it's also on his website or something like that it's available you guys can look it up and check it out uh also the series in its entirety is pretty short it's only four oh. volumes if i'm not mistaken oh, I didn't so know we that. read half of it yeah oh um, okay uh so uh, we read these on comiXology unlimited i believe all four volumes are on there uh, and then I was looking at their Wikipedia page today uh, on November 22nd today in, in two days of recording Look. this. Uh, they are publishing a hardback, a collected edition hardback of all 20 uh, ish, ish, issues um, of this series here. So that's pretty cool. Um, that feels like a literal yeah. spell book. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. All, all That's going to be an like, incredibly t- intimidating book that tingles with some sort of energy if you find it at your local bookstore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so go go check it out. I I, I had a blast reading yeah. this and the artwork is 
gorgeous. I really enjoyed yeah. the artwork. Uh, it's so like painterly. You know, like there's not a lot of like hard shapes or lines. It's like uh, very strokey, very shadowy, like deep shadows, bright highlights. It really suits the work very well. It's it's, it's a good match. Art it's and almost impressionistic too. Yeah. Like there, there's a little bit of an abstraction to it, mm. uh, but it's also not in your typical like fantasy colors. Like I often think yeah. of like greens and browns mm. and earth tones and stuff like that. This was very red and yellow yeah. and and purple and black. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting for sure. Mm. Um, let's go 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 check it out. That being said, we are going to uh, take a break for some housekeeping, and we will be right back. And when we return, we will dive into the book a little bit more and get into some spoilers. So we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. Big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much for supporting us. It means a ton. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Um, if you are a Patreon supporter at our $3 tier, don't forget that you have access to our Patreon exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. And this month here in November, we covered Mystery Incorporated, a mm -hmm. fan-made live action adaption of Scooby-Doo uh, that is out there. We watched the pilot on YouTube. Uh, I believe there's like a total of 12 episodes out there in the ether i i think if you support them on their their indie go go i think i think you can get access to all of their episodes and stuff like that or whatever crowdfunding uh platform they're using there but we watched the first the the first one the pilot uh we talk about that on the pilots club uh which was a lot of fun and then cool th I oh yes no, Melissa. I wanted to remind people that a couple years ago, we did a series of Patreon bonus episodes that were various like quizzes and games. I think we did a trivia game. We took a bunch of personality quizzes, like which Sailor Moon character are you? <laughs> yeah. And one of these episodes was we made D&D character sheets. We never yeah. did anything with them. I don't remember what ours were anymore, but I know we did it. So go back there in our Patreon archives we and you did. can find that. We made some dungeons and I remember mine had some like deep like chain smokers like New York accent voice. <laughs> I don't know why I went that uh, hard on like here's the accent that my character yeah. has and it speaks like this. 
I think mine I was like an an elven bard who was supposed to be like the heir to this like to a very aristocratic family, and instead he's like, "No, Dad, I want to play music. I want to be a bard." You just don't understand. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, fun fun times. We had a blast with that. Um, cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots, of course, here on the review show. Uh, coming up next week, we have our final installment of Kaiju yeah. Max, uh, a comic book written and drawn by Xander Cannon. Uh, we have been rereading Kaiju Max for the past c- couple months here, and we are g- going to be finishing out our coverage on Kaiju Max. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. On the captain's log, uh, we've been having a lot of fun over there, catching up on some pop culture news, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, And then, of course, we have our Rotten Tomatoes movie prediction coming up at the start of December. So be on the lookout for that. Um, And then for the reactor core, uh, we're hoping I'm hoping this this works as well as I think it, it will. Uh, we will have our reactions to the finale of Star Wars and out uh, Wednesday night. Um, okay. I, so this goes pu- public on the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving here in the United States. We're uh, and then Wednesday night when Andor releases, I'm hoping to have that out. Um, speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, we will not be recording the captain's log, mm. uh, this week, which also normally records on Wednesdays. My parents will be in town. I'm super busy. The reaction to Andor is only like a half hour thing. So I was mm. like, I think I can mm. squeeze that in if it's late at yeah, night and, and, do the and finale. Yes. stuff like that. Yeah. And it's the finale and I don't, I don't really want to be late on, on, mm. on that there. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then for the review show, uh, we are still planning on recording. I don't know if that's I don't think that's going to be on our typical Sunday morning. Uh, we might yeah. have to rejigger some things, move things around. So uh, there's a chance that uh, next week our episode on Kaiju Max might be a little bit later than normal. So keep some of that stuff in mind. Um, mm-hmm. One last thing for the reactor core uh, right after recording this, Melissa, you and I are going to be recording our reactions to the first half of 1899, uh, new show on Netflix by the creators of Dark, uh, one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am excited to d- 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 dive into all of that stuff. Uh, d- d- I've seen the first four, which is the first half. It's some yeah. interesting mysteries, interesting things uh-huh. to talk about for sure um so i'm excited be on the lookout for all of that stuff that's all of our housekeeping for now lots of stuff to enjoy uh cool that being said let's get on to some spoilers for die mm-hmm. bam there we go um die volumes one and two so i i say we start out with a little bit more of the art let's t- t- talk about a little okay. more of the like art and character de- design um, oh you flipped you flipped open to one book. of those interstitial pages which i find yeah. really charming in between the issues there's just a little black and white like quick casual line drawing of the kids in 1999 like as their normal like human as themselves not in the rpg not playing a character it's just right. them like 
listening to CDs or on a skateboard or playing with their dog or something. Their mom pinching their cheek as they're about to go go to school, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's these, the only glimpses we get into this happy, normal childhood. Because the beginning of the book, I think, is told in flashback. Uh, Like, it's Ash telling you about this, this game they were playing. So... It, everything is done with this dramatic irony, with this narration of somebody who's lived through all this horror, through all this tragedy. So these drawings, these n- non-narrative uh, drawings of the kids in between the issues, are the only times you see them happy. It's like something really precious, this precious little treasure that's scattered throughout this dungeon. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it a, not, a, a lot. Um it's a great little interstitial just like stop and breathe because yeah. like you said each of the, the issues are very dense like this is this is um it's it's a comic which we'll get into a little bit later on but yeah it just kind of drops you in uh and mm-hmm. is immediately off to the races um but yeah i i love the character designs here um Especially Ash, I Beautiful. I her des- design is great. <sighs> uh, it's 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 almost haunting to be honest because yeah. she, like she is this like white haired, red eyed, almost witch, um, mm-hmm. and and just immediately like you're like on 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 one hand it's it, it's it's this picture of like oh well, yeah that you just look like a badass witch of course like a kid, a kid from mm. the 90s would want something yeah. like that uh and then since we're in spoiler territory here by the end of the second vo- 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 volume she kind of pronounces herself the evil queen uh yeah. and is like i'm taken over like l- let me yes. run this um and it's it, it it fits and it's like i should have known this f- from the start that she would be the evil queen and 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 stuff like that because she just like it she has that that look um but they they all have these like super fantastical like even the cyberpunk has this like visor mask like sunglass thing that almost Mm. makes her look like a falcon like it it almost has this like bird like beak where her nose is and stuff like that it just like stuff just looks really really neat in this that you wouldn't necessarily i mean i guess you would see it in like a typical fantasy rpg setting stuff like that but i think on on top of the way the book is stylized and Mm. colored it just has this like grittier feeling to it so i think Mm. goth jumanji fits like it fits <laughs> I, really weird. S, uh, like our protagonist definitely goth and the, it's goth yeah. in the fact that we are in these centuries I mean, the old god binder like, is goth the grief knight is goth yeah right that grief knight is a very goth phrase to say it's true yeah 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 <laughs> they're literally in dungeons yeah <laughs> exactly exactly um, but I, yeah, I I like it. I, I think I think because it was colored this way, it was stylized mm. this way. It 
didn't feel like fantasy to me, even though mm. I know it was They're They're meeting with like elves and there's dragons and there's clerics and weird priests and the, yeah, vampire, like all of this stuff in this world here. Uh, but it didn't look like I expected it to look. Uh, and I, I think that went a long way to helping me like get into the book and being like, Hey, this is cool. I like this. Um, so bravo to Stephanie yeah. Collins for for mm-hmm. creating the 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 look of this world here because it is beautiful. It is. Yeah. I was happy you were able to get into it. We really have not covered a lot of fantasy on the show because uh, it's not something you're really into. And it's I am, but it's harder to find things to pitch because it's like, you know, fantasy is such a genre for Big, novels. Right, right. Fantasy is huge. There aren't a lot of fantasy, like standalone fantasy movies. Everything's this big, like ongoing franchise, like long sprawling stories, like 12 novels. You know, here's three movies, but they're all three hours long. Like, it's a lot like you. There aren't quick in and done fantasy stories. And also it's a genre that's harder to do as like a smaller independent film. Like we've watched real small sci-fi movies or horror movies, but you can't exactly do that with fantasy. You spend all your money just on like some horses and swords. And then what are you going to do? I, 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 I feel like you could, it's possible. It it's is just, possible. Right. I, I, I feel like because there have been these big fantasy mm. epics out there that p- people then tend to want to do these big long sprawling stories instead of just like a, a smaller like here's an indie fantasy i mean I, yeah i'm sure that stuff is a- out there but I, yeah like you said i feel like it's just harder to find mm-hmm. yeah maybe we'll have to see what we can find i think the only fantasy we've ever covered uh has been in comic or an anime form like we've watched things like uh the, the devil is a part-time yeah as a slime yeah too. yeah fairy tale the god binder in this story really reminded me of how the magic worked in fairy tale where the main girl was a a wizard but she didn't do any of her own spells all she could do was right. contact this network of different demons and spirits and jinn and everything and she's like hey can i fit you in Three o'clock on Wednesday to, to, make, to, to make a fire yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's an, an interesting connection there. Uh, and, and then, yeah, the, of, of course, the that time I got reincarnated yeah. by a uh, reincarnated as a slime is not mm-hmm. tabletop RPG, but into an MMO uh, RPG. Yeah. Right. Uh, so very similar trappings of of a like okay you get sucked into this story here's all these monsters here these 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 towns that you need to go explore and and stuff like that um i think every time we've talked about fantasy it's been a deconstruction of fantasy i don't know if we've tackled any really sincere fantasy stories that aren't like it's a fantasy character stuck in the real world or it's a real world character stuck in the fantasy world where you're kind of commenting on what the genre and its tropes is. It's a heroic legend of Arslan. That was kind of a more sincere 
that, that fantasy, but it felt sincere. more sincere. Yeah. But it felt more like, like a historical, like war, like court drama thing. We've, we've not entirely got it is the point is we don't spend a lot of time in fantasy and we haven't spent a lot of time in, uh, like very classic, sincere, high fantasy stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's inter- interesting too. Cause heroic legend of Arslan I, of what we read of that and what I've seen of the anime, I love it. I I think that 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 book that anime is fantastic. It's also the I, I, I think created by the same woman who did Full Metal Alchemist. If not, it's at least oh. the same character designer. Um, but it is yeah, it it is more a like military tactical like cat and mouse kind of game in that hence it also yeah. has the villain with the like fancy mask like i like from gundam and and, and, <laughs> and stuff like that so it, like it 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 is the like military space opera but in a fantasy <laughs> setting right it's um, a land opera <laughs> it's a land opera <laughs> but uh yeah, getting back to die though, and the the, the artwork he, mm-hmm. here, I I am am almost disappointed that the book is so short because I feel like there's so much to explore in mm. in this um, that I I want to see what all these uh, uh, other towns look like. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, hey, there's vampires that live in this world here. What does yeah. the like? Is, is there like a, a vampire city? Is that like what d- does their a- area of the map look like? Um, and I, I, I feel like besides Glass Town, we really haven't gotten to explore much of the world mm-hmm. yet. And mm-hmm. having now read half of the book, it seems like we may not explore yeah much of the world so i like that that is in one sense a little disappointing mm, to me mm. but it's it's a backhanded compliment in a (laughs) sense because it's like it's so good i want more like yeah yeah there isn't a lot of traditional questing in this story so far like they got mired in glass town for a while and they're just like hiding among the rubble like we mentioned earlier, trying to get enough fair gold to power up the the cyberpunk character. The Neo is is her class name. Very appropriate yep. that we started this year with a Neo and we're ending with a Neo. Um, so they're just like in rubble and then they're at the next place. And then we didn't see a lot of the travel time in between one big area and the next big area. We don't know if they pass through like little towns or little taverns or any of the other things that you... Yeah. Even a picture when you think about something like like Lord of the Rings, where the whole thing is a journey and you know every little roadmap stop along the journey. Or if you are playing D&D and it is just a series of taverns and you, you walk into a town, it's time for the town festival. What characters will you meet here? Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I, I think that was one of the issues I had with the book and why mm. I felt a little lo- lo- lost. I, I did not feel as lost as I was in once in the future. I could mm. keep up with this, but I still felt like there were bits missing um, of, of just like, man, I, I wish I could spend a little more time with the characters and see w- what their personal lives were. What did they grow up to be like? 
What are they mm-hmm. thinking about now that they're in this? That? And we get some of that. Like the first three and like a half issues, I was kind of like, I don't really know what's happening here. It's moving too fast. I don't know all this stuff. And then it starts to slow down a little bit. And that's when it started to really mm. hook me. Yeah. Um, and it it was like it was yeah the like end of the first volume into the second i was like okay i'm in to this a lot but it took a little bit for me to get into it because i felt like we were missing some of those moments but then we mm. do get to see the grief knight go off by himself right and meet yeah. the other joy knights and talk about like oh hey you could have been this other one here because uh like i, I forget which one it was that he almost picked it was uh, like he could have he could have been a rage oh, knight and instead he went to being a grief, grief. yeah yeah uh and and then like the the argument of of like well hey like g- g- grief and rage kind of go hand in hands mm. like that's kind of like that stuff was interesting to me to really yeah. flesh out the world and how it works and who these characters are and to give them like just little bits of things that I feel like I can relate to, even if I don't have like a personal connection to, but this idea of like, Oh, he could have picked this other thing, but he didn't like just something as small as that. I feel like I can latch on to that bit of storytelling rather than just immediately being sucked into the game and uh like their friend immediately showing up and 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 then being like i'm in charge now and then they're like oh well we now need to go to angria and we need to go to glass Mm -hmm. town and do this and this and that i'm just like i have no idea what any of this stuff is i feel (laughs) like you guys have been playing this game for a while and yeah. I have not, right? Exactly. And I think that's now that you mention that it like like I as dumb as this hounds, I feel like I forgot it was a tabletop RPG. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because like you mentioned that how in that like it's not necessarily as much of a journey as we get to mm. see in the Lord of mm. the Rings where they are just walking. And they are walking yeah. and they are traveling, right? And whereas in an RPG, they might speed that up a little bit and be like, okay, you're now at the next tavern. Or like you travel, you've traveled through the wood. They just mention that, right? There might be some adventures in in there for sure, for sure. But you're right. I feel like they might speed that along a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be like, okay, we're just going to sit here for an hour because that's how long it takes you to travel through the forest. <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we don't get like the characters just having small talk or like catching up with each other while they're riding horses from one right. place to the next place like they, all that sort of snipped out seen each other in a yeah. while um and so th- th- that that th- that is what i felt like the story was missing um mm. but then we do start to g- g- get it uh as the book pro- Garesses, even if it's like little smaller jojojoses. So I did start to latch on to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I, I just forgot it was an RPG and was like, oh yeah, they would skip <laughs> some of this stuff and just go straight to the <laughs> like, all right, where do we need to go to go last to town? All right, let's do it. And we're there, mm. right? 
Um, and that, that makes sense is, now that you mentioned that. Mm, this is a book that, like I said, is very heavy on literary allegory. And you mentioned that you wish you could see other parts of this world. But I feel like if you are familiar with the inspirational texts that can kind of help you picture what's out there, like there's a really striking Tolkien homage, not just an homage, like Tolkien shows up in in one of the issues where they have to go across this area that is like a World War One battlefield. And Ash encounters these soldiers who you realize are the hobbits. And it's this really interesting twist on how J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a lot of Lord of the Rings, sort of pulling from his experiences as a soldier in World War One and the right. hardship and the strife and, and the camaraderie and the bond that he had with his fellow soldiers. And so now you're seeing the hobbits literally being in a World War One trench and like fighting to save each other. And at one point, like J.R.R. Tolkien himself walks out because that's something that the the game master, Saul, kind of wrote, kind of put in there as one of his inspiration points. He could have made anything. So Tolkien's kind of there as like, he's not, it's the sort of weird literary spirit. It's this like ghost kind of who walks out and talks to Ash. And the hobbits talk about how they leave Little England, I think, might be the name for where they're from. And they go to war. And it's a continual mm-hmm. process. Every generation. Like, my father went to the war. My grandfather went to the war. I had to go to the war. Now, please send this letter back home to my wife. And I need to tell her, do not let the kids go to the war. Like, this has to end at some point. And we never get to Little England. I think we see it in a couple panels as these hobbit soldiers are, are remembering home. But mm-hmm. if you know Lord of the rings well you can kind of picture what's over there you can picture the shire you can picture hobbiton and but then it's also like what twist would the story have put on it the story is so many things that are recognizable that are familiar but shifted over like it's the a lot of basic D character archetypes change like what if you right. were a sorcerer or a wizard or a magi- I like I know there's different magical classes and I forget the, the specifications between each one but what if all of your spells were like just you could make people do things with your voice like you were an orator and that was the like the method of your magic like it's something you know with this turn on it so you can guess what's on the outer edges of this world that you're not getting to but you also imagine yeah, but I want to see what the book is going to do with this thing. I think I know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that scene to me was particularly interesting because, mm. like, it it's to, when you're making your own fantasy world. Obviously, you are pulling in inspirations from other places. Mm. Either it's things you've seen and experienced, or stuff you've heard about, or you're dreaming up something completely new it it is interesting that yeah it like these this like world war one trench warfare section of the map just Mm -hmm. exists in this fantasy world here because that in a weird way does not read as fantasy to me yeah it's something i know that has happened in real life um and and also knowing that that was connected to Tolkien, right? 
that that like it it it, it it's it just that that scene was interesting to me because I like the idea of like mixing in these real world yeah elements of like uh, into your fantasy map, but I also it that also kind of took me out of it because it wasn't fantasy to mm. me, and so I was confused when that scene ca- came up of like is is this a dream? Is this some kind of like metaphorical thing? Like I still mm. hadn't like latched on to what was happening in the book yet, and it eventually dawned on me that like oh yes, this is some kind of Tolkien metaphor or something is happening here. Is that Tolkien? No. Is that the hot? Is Mm. that Bilbo? Is that Frodo? (laughs) What who like what is happening here? Yeah. Like it's just this weird thing of like, I I don't know what's going on. And then this like bird swoops in and they they all fly out. And it's just like, what is going on? I don't know. Man, (laughs) I am happy that even though you don't know Lord of the Rings well, you did accurately name two hobbits. So I'm very proud of you. I've read the the Hobbit and I've read all of the Lord of the Rings. I did that all in in elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) You brought you got through all of it and you're like, not for me. There wasn't any big robots in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no condoms. <laughs> Zero out of ten. <laughs> I but do I, like that this story pulls from a lot of recognizable classic <laughs> fantasy things and the things that inspired those things. So you yes. get the Lord of the Rings allegory and the World War One trench warfare. Yes. Because um, then I I also recognize the allusions to like C.S. Lewis and C- mm. C- Chronicles of Narnia and all mm. that stuff, uh, and and all of the 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 I, the rare references to Turkish delight and yeah and stuff stuff like that. Like I I recognize that because I've read all of those books t- too. Zero out of t- ten, no Gundams, uh, <laughs> but. Um, when they got in when they it was after they destroyed <laughs> glass tet, 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 that's how i rate all my fantasy books no, right I'm, I'm just imagining that your favorite book is something called the voltron the witch and the wardrobe <laughs> make it happen right? right i'd read that um but when it was after they destroyed glass town and then they all admit that like hey we were the ones that did this. It's all part of our plan, all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. they get arrested and captured and they're put in that jail. Um, that is when like all of this stuff. And again, I don't remember her name. You mentioned it. Charlotte Bronte. No idea who she is. Never heard her name before. Obviously hasn't c- come up with any of my Gundam stuff. So yeah, right. Haven't. I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. Uh, but but no, I, 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 I'm not familiar with her work. So mm-hmm. all of that stuff coming in, that stuff read better to me because I wasn't familiar to it. Um, whereas the like Tolkien stuff, I was like. I know they're talking about Tolkien mm. here. Like I know that, and th- this is oddly t- taking me out of it, but because I wasn't familiar with her w- works, like I-, I can see like, Hey, th- this stuff fits in that world to me because it's not an experience that I know. Mm. Mm. Um, are, are you familiar with that work? 
No, not directly. Like I've heard the names. Uh, I, I want to say Charlotte Bronte was Wuthering Heights. Like I was an English major, but this is not what I covered. I did like the sure, romantic yeah. poets. So if you bring in Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, like you've got me. That I know. Um, <laughs> but I this was vaguely familiar to me that the Brontes. Uh, yeah, Charlotte Bronte wrote Jane Eyre. You like I've, you've I've heard, heard of these that words. One. You've you've been in a Barnes and Noble and you've seen the big decorative, like nice display hardback books of these books. Right. So it was her and she did have these sisters and this brother, and they wrote a little fantasy world together. Like I think I had heard of that, but I never knew it in great detail. So mm-hmm. it was fascinating that n- she's literally there the way Tolkien was literally there. And how the story pulls from source material and the source material from the source material is parallel to the one of the mysteries at the core of this thing, which is back in 1991, Saul is like, I made a tabletop game. I made it for Ash's birthday. We're all going to play it together. And they get sucked in this world that has all of this history to it. And they're like, how did Saul make this? He's 16 years old. And then it seems like, Maybe he thinks he made it, but it was here before him. It was here all along. Who made it? And then you think, like, did Tolkien make it? Did Charlotte Bronte make it? And she talks about how her and her siblings died because they got so fascinated with this world. Like, it, like, sucked the life out of them. Like, they kept writing short stories. They thought about Angria too much, and it killed them. But part of the origin as to why they made this fantasy world is that like the there was like a family of six kids and the two oldest kids died. And like the dad bought the set of like toy soldiers to sort of cheer up the four younger kids who were still alive. And they have the soldiers. They make up names. They make up names. The lands they're from. And that's how this starts. And she's like, yeah, this fantasy world like killed my entire family. I think it killed all of us. And then our, our protagonists are like, well, how did it? Like, if you didn't make the fantasy world until after your two older sisters were dead, how did the world, like, kill them, too? Like, nobody can pin down what the origin point is. Who made this world? And there's the scourge in the world, this sort of zombie-type foe called the Fallen, which is that when somebody dies, they become this sort of zombie, right? But then they kill Saul and then Saul is a zombie and he's like, from his his game master point of view, he's like, oh, didn't you know if you die here, if you come from our world and you die here, then you become a fallen. And they're like, wait, but there were so many fallen when we got here and we thought we were the first people in this world. Like every time they think they've found an origin point something disproves it and like they're just trying to go back and go back and go back like where did the start from who built this how did all these people get here why does nobody know this is here if this world already exists how did Saul think he made it yeah I'm I'm wondering if it was like one of the parents somehow made it or there's something and and played it when they were kids um something like that or if yeah if there's it like 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 you you keep mentioning it's the like inspiration for the inspiration right if yeah there's a layer behind the tolkien's and c.s lewis's and charlotte like if they were the ones that made this 
does it go back even farther and is the ones that they were inspired by like what is happening here um that is i think an interesting mystery yes emily bronte wrote wuthering heights i just needed to correct myself from earlier there you go cool um yeah, like there, there is some some interesting mysteries in here, too. There's interesting characters of and and ones with history that show up like there's a, a, a scene where this character shows up and is like, you're, you're back. It's been so long. Like I've I've been waiting to keep my promise to you oh. now. Like here I am. And like it, it was this promise. Like what? What exactly was the promise? Oh, like I won't is... die until I see you again, or something yes, like that. Yes, like Ash had had this uh, like this affair with this knight who was like my beautiful lady. Uh, I must see you again before I die. And she's like uses her dictator voice, like make like, that I'll, promise or something. I'll hold like, you he, to that. Yeah, yeah. And then he sees her. Well, like they they meet him again after they've come back to this world, and he's been. Like, he hasn't been able to die. Like, it's been years yeah. since they've been there. And so he's this decrepit thing, but he's like, I can't die yet. But my body is decayed to the point where I don't even have eyes anymore. So now I can't look upon your beauty. So he's stuck in this, like, living death with no solution. And I think Isabel has to, like, call down one of her gods to to, to do like, to like finally kill this guy or grant him sights so that he can see ash and then he can die yeah yeah wild stuff but like like i i like things like that little details mm. in in the story about that because there is a much wider world that is happening here and i i yeah. would like to see that ex- explored um I, I, I don't know if karen gigelin and stephanie hahn have any plans to like do a sequel or expand mm. on this or some spinoff um but i i i feel like it's a world that potentially could foster that yeah i want to say that i really like what this book does with time where these kids disappear into this game in 1991 and they emerge two years later like two years later real time on earth I, I guess we can presume it felt like two years to them inside the game inside of die yeah in the real world like those kids disappeared for two years and yeah. then we, at the beginning like pre-spoiler break we said like if they come back from this they don't talk about it they literally can't talk about it like there was a spell on them they can't speak of this so Saul's mom is like where's my boy like the rest of you all disappeared he disappeared with you why did you come back where is he? And they're just like, we can't say like they literally can't say. And yeah, Ash's narration at the beginning is sort of vague until everybody is back in die. And then the spell is broken. And then narration's like, OK, now I can catch you up on everything. But yeah, they were in the game for two years and they were out of it for 30 years. And then when they come back, like at least 30, like 30 years have passed in this game. So like, yeah, everything has changed over those decades. Everything has aged along with them. It's not like Narnia where the the kids go in and they have this whole adventure and they come back out and it's just been 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like there is some time discrepancy, but yeah, not Mm. as drastic as Narnia. Mm. Um, But but 
yeah, it, it makes for some some interesting like rules of magic that come yeah. up in that. I also it did not necessarily magic, but I liked that like eventually like halfway through volume two, you find out that Ash, the narrator of yeah. the book, is also not reliable. Oh, yeah. One like that it like she is your your intro into the the the, the book here and you just kind of have to take that as reliable and then mm-hmm. yeah you're almost halfway through and she's like oh wait did I say was that I lied sorry I guess I'm not a reliable narrator yeah. right and you're just like Which- oh shit like now what like I I bet you there's something that she's been planning or said something worked this way but it doesn't actually work that way but no 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 one else has been narrating the book so we don't like we've just taken for granted that like okay this is how it works right and there's something yeah something happening with with that that i'm i'm interested to see where this goes i almost picked up um volume two of this book which we read Mm. but i was at the comic book store this past week and was just like should i get volume two two while i'm while i'm here i ended up getting a nice hardback of crisis on infinite earths because it was my (laughs) birthday and i wanted to splurge and i was just like i already have the paperback but i want the hardback and i'm a huge post crisis dc fan so <laughs> i went with that in, 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 instead because of course i did um, of course you did i'm happy that like <laughs> we've found room in this fantasy discussion for you to talk about all the things you like more than fantasy gundams and crisis on infinite earths and k-dramas <laughs> apple juice all your favorite stuff exactly exactly but yeah um, i i do like the the unreliable narrator twist especially yeah, with that was cool her as the narrator as the dictator as somebody who can work magic with words like it's uh a mo- it's such an appropriate twist with her in a way that it wouldn't necessarily be with other characters and you do hear from the other characters separate from her but they're not narrating like right. angela with her like cyberpunk fairy magic she as soon as she gets back to the world the one thing she wants to do with her magic is she regenerates this sort of cyber version of her dog which was how she got into this in the first place. Like, yeah, you know, like the family dog had just died and she was so heartbroken that Ash is like, okay, come along you can play with me and my friends. It'll help you take your mind off of this. And right, so yeah. that's how she gets sucked into the game. And as soon as she, and like, that's what she was using her magic for. Like, Oh, I can manifest anything. I want to manifest my dog. And so after she regenerates the dog, after returning to die, there is a, a section where she's just telling the dog about what she's been through in her life. Like she's not narrating. It's just a one-sided conversation that we are seeing her have with somebody who's not responding. Like Ash is the only one who really gets to narrate. Yeah. Other characters, like they talk to people, you know, like they monologue to others. They write in a journal, things like that. But nobody is talking to us. Only Ash. Only Ash is. Yeah. Um, which which makes me think, especially since this book is it revolves around a game that you play. I'm mm. I'm wondering if somehow if we as readers are considered characters 
in in the book here yeah. and that's why ash is talking to us um i i i I don't know, but that is like a fe- a feeling that I have like somewhere in there. I feel like I am somehow involved in. I this. can see I, that. Yeah. I, I don't know how, but um, yeah. And then man, I, I, I also have to talk about the scene where the they they send all of the dictators to to fight Ash oh. and like that that like verbal sparring match even though it's over yeah. so fast right <laughs> was brilliant i loved that that scene because there is one of them that steps up and tries to do the the the, the spell uh which mm-hmm. is is like literally like making ash's blood boil inside her and like start mm. leaking out because it was yeah. like the spell is like your blood reviles your veins um which is just like that is disgusting Ugh. uh but then makes it even more hardcore goth right when she like she's right. leaking blood from her eyes and then and, and, mm. st- and st- stuff like that uh but then as a counter uh I, I she says what she says something like love me to or death or something like that yeah so, so yeah it is something that like is, is just like i wouldn't have thought of that but that absolutely works in that situation yes where it's just like this completely just turns that yeah because she describes that first person who steps up as as like this is an amateur like yeah just they like so brave for standing up but they just they don't they don't got what it takes you know and and then she hits mm. him with that one spell and it's just like damn that worked i like I, yeah. just like that's awesome uh, mm-hmm. so i i i in- enjoyed that scene a lot good stuff i i mean i now we're yeah. now half halfway done with the book and it's the rest of it all is is all on comicsology i might even just go ch- check the rest of this book out on the air um yeah i I might do that also we'll see oh we'll see if i remember to come back to it after we finish kaiju max because i feel like there's the history of the show is littered with me reading a comic really liking it and just never like turning my tablet on again to go get the next issue from the comicsology library absolutely you can do it once you're in comics you're in comics like an object in motion stays in motion yeah it's like i read stuff for the show and then it's like oh my homework's done and then i put my tablet away (laughs) good stuff uh do you have any other things that you wanted to talk about here and die Uh, i don't like it's a very rich book like the characters are very multi-dimensional like they've all got a lot going on there's a lot of interpersonal drama between them a lot of history is there yeah there's oh like we could talk for another hour and a half so let's call it here i enjoyed die i enjoyed it as somebody with some history in fantasy some history in tabletop games but some history in literature but not even that much like you don't have to this felt way more accessible than once in future did. Mm, yeah. Good Check point. it out. Good Check point. it out. I think this is the, uh, uh, if you want to he- know about Kieran Gillen, I don't know anything about Wicked and the Divine. We've read these two stories, but I did find this one a better entry point than I think once in future is. For sure. 
Um, cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this book a lot. Go check it out. Um, lots of interesting art to look at. Very, very deep d- d- dives into all of the references and stuff that it is pulling from good essays in the back about how all the characters were created and the world was built and stuff like that i'm sure there's i I only read the first couple of uh, of them i did not read them all but i'm sure there's some answers to things that we were talking about here on the show um Mm -hmm. in in that writing but yeah good book yeah book i enjoyed it um Let's see. I I don't know if we had an update on our bingo cards. No. No time for breakfast. Reaction of the animal to judge trustworthiness. Paper bag. No, expository really art. Nope. No. Nothing. Nothing really happening here. So not much of a bingo update uh, mm. for this week. But Melissa, what would you recommend to people who liked this? What else might they want to check out? When you first pitched this to me, it reminded me a lot of It, Stephen King's It, which I have not read or like watched an entire adaptation of either the Tim Curry miniseries or the Bill Skarsgård sure. pair of movies. Uh, I don't remember the directors of any of these. You, you, you delineate them by who played Pennywise. That's how you do it. That works. Uh, but I've. I've like listened to I listen to a, a Stephen King podcast called The King Cast. I listen to episodes on that show about it. I, Dead Meat, the horror recap YouTube channel. Like I've watched their videos about it, so I know this sh- story secondhand. I'm interested in it, but it seems like just a lot to deal with. So I haven't interacted with it firsthand yet. But that is a story about these kids who sort of f- form a team and face a threat. And they think they've defeated it. They think they've escaped it. And then like 30 years later, they have to go back and face it again. Like die is kind of like, what if Pennywise was a game? Like, what if he wasn't a clown? What if you played Pennywise? Pennywise was a boss you had to beat. And 30 years later, you're like, oh, the (laughs) boss wasn't dead. We, We have to go back into the game again. Interesting. Interesting. And of course, uh, Stranger Things, Stranger Things, a story about kids who are really into D&D, who have these yeah. classes that continue to have meaning it, like throughout the, the narrative. Like there's stuff in season four that is a callback to the games they were playing at the beginning of season one. Like these it's like one of the more minor parts of the show, but the characters do place a lot of importance on role playing and the roles they played within their party in the game and how they want to live up to those roles in their real lives now that they are encountering real-world threats. Mm-hmm. And when they encounter a threat, the only way they know how to describe it is in D&D terms. Like, every foe, in every fantasy foe in Stranger Things, the kids name after something from the Monster Manual. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, let's see here i am looking up let's see slime that time i got reincarnated by a slime is one that i Just would recommend slime. we mentioned that here on the show mm-hmm. we've covered the that first was five volumes of that that was episode 208 of the review show here i would definitely recommend that that was also one that like again for someone who's not super into yeah. fantasy that one was neat it was b- 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 better than i expected um and it's 
it's a very fun story. Like literally, yes. like it's more, it's fairly lighthearted. Like it's a character. It is a, a human man who like a 38 year old man who gets sucked into a fantasy world. He is reincarnated as a slime. Uh, and he keeps picking up friends more than he picks up foes. Every time yeah. he has an antagonist, they end up coming to terms and respecting him. on yeah. each other's levels. Yeah. So he keeps growing this network of like friends and teammates and allies. And it's a very positive reading experience. Like it's, it's a feel good read that time sure. I was reincarnated as a slime. Yeah. We also mentioned the heroic legend of Arslan, uh, which we mm-hmm. read the first three volumes of here on the show back on episode 103 you guys can also go check out that one. Um, other stuff I would recommend if, again, if you're interested in more like anime manga stuff, uh, dot hack sign all of the oh, like dot hack yeah. stuff, uh, as well as sword art online is is stories of, of, about these characters or these these people being sucked into a, a game um, and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. What else? Is there any other kind of fantasy stuff that I would put in there? Um, uh, uh, I would I throw know. out, um, oh, the, the one where all the books are real. The, what's that comic oh, we read? The Unwritten. Yes. The yes. Unwritten. Let me see where that one is. I, yeah, I should have, uh had that one here the unwritten we read volumes one and two uh back on episode 155 of this mm. podcast uh yeah that one was also i i really want to go back to that book too because yes. it's not necessarily a fantasy story but it is a story about stories becoming real uh yeah and the w- ways in which like belief can can kind of make them a real mm. thing there, which is an, mm-hmm. an interesting concept. I um, I know I've been pinning it on Kieran Gillen this episode, but the unwritten I think is the number one thing we've read where I feel like the two volumes we read just barely scratched the surface. Like I I enjoyed that book. We've recommended it and come back to it several times on the show. But I have such a hard time describing it to people because I don't feel like I really read enough to really know what the story is about. Yes, it like is. Like we a, barely it, it, got it, it, into it all the themes and plot series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I would recommend that as well. But I think that might be it for recommendations mm-hmm. right now. So there you go. Um. Next week here on the show, yes. of, of course, like I mentioned, we will be concluding our coverage on Kaiju Max, which means we are reading volumes five and six of that book. Uh, they, it, it's available on Comixology Unlimited, but in a confusing way. Uh, <laughs> it, even more so than what happened previously. So. You can get volume five, like the collected edition of volume Mm. five that is on Comixology Unlimited. You can put that in your little library. Last time I checked, volume six was not on there, like the collected edition of Mm. volume six was not on there. However, 
you can get the single issues that are included in volume six. Mm. Um, so those are on on there to read and check out. Um, have you put that stuff in our library yet? I have not, but I can do that today. If you thank you, because I yes. got to get started and I, I do not want to go wading through and digging all this stuff up myself. Thank I, you. I will do, do, do that once we get done recording and stuff like that. OK, um, but yeah, that is what we will do for next week. Melissa, do you have pitches ready for the week after that? Yes, this is what we will be recording first weekend of December. So it's time to start some holiday type pitches. Yeah. So for this week, I've got three holiday installments in larger franchises. Cool. We're going to visit some of our favorite characters in times they encountered the holidays. Pitch number one stars some old dear friends of mine who I forcibly introduced you to earlier this year. Pitch number one is The Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> there we go. Classic. This is a very traditional retelling of uh, A Christmas Carol starring Michael Caine as Scrooge in a truly wonderful performance. Sure, like he yeah. delivers it the same way he would if he was just doing A Christmas Carol and not surrounded by Muppets. But Gonzo sort of plays Charles Dickens. And he's like narrating the story to you from within and around the story. Uh, all your Muppet friends are there. Kermit the Frog is Bob Cratchit. Instead of the ghost of Marley, it's two Marleys. It's the Marley brothers. You can get Statler and Waldorf in there. Awesome. So, a, a really nice telling of A Christmas Carol. Very sweet. Very funny. Wonderful songs. This is a musical as well. And it's got some of the most impressive puppetry work. Like, it's technically like a real dazzling film to watch. Good stuff. Pitch number one, Christmas Carol with Muppets. Pitch number two, I thought it would be a good time. They, it, this year, we, we saw the Batman. It featured a penguin and a Catwoman. And of course, there's been another Batman movie to feature, Penguin and Catwoman, set during Christmas. Pitch number two is Batman Returns. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I also think it's funny that we're not also watching the previous Batman. We're doing only returns, only the Christmas one. We already know he's been here. <laughs> right. He's back. Batman he's returns back. every year, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> right. He comes down your chimney uh, and he leaves you like nice things. He leaves you your own batarang. <laughs> Don't throw it at your dad. Don't hit him in the eye. The batarangs are for a, outside. A, a, a criminal that's toy. all wrapped up in a <laughs> note here that you can <laughs> a Joe Chill in every house. <laughs> Did you leave all your eyeliner out for Santa Batman? That's what he takes. He, every home he goes to, he reapplies new eyeliner and he goes back out there into the night. <laughs> I, what's more to say about this one? It's Batman Returns. You know it. Tim Burton's uh, early 90s <laughs> classic. Yep. We could go from goth story to goth story if you want, Kyle. There you go. And pitch number three. I, you would not call this an important piece of art, but it's an important piece of culture and it's an important piece of legend. Pitch number three is the Star Wars Holiday Special. Star Wars Holiday Special. Wow. I think now is the time. Uh, do you, we wouldn't have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special without this to pave the way. Do you, and 
you've been watching Andor, one of the most highly regarded pieces of Star Wars media, maybe the highest regarded one in our lifetimes. I know it's new. It's not even done yet, but I've heard nothing but exemplary things about Andor. And I would love for you to watch the finale of Andor, perhaps the highest Star Wars has ever gotten, and then immediately follow that up with the lowest point of Star Wars. (laughs) I love the Star Wars holiday special. I find it this delightful piece of uh, pop culture, like urban legend and ephemera. Like the fact that this was something we grew up hearing about, but didn't know if we would ever see. But now you go on YouTube, you can watch the whole thing. You can watch the whole thing as it aired in 1978 with all of the commercials. That's how I like to do it. You can watch like the riff tracks version. You can watch all these people doing reactions to the Star Wars holiday special. However, you need to take this to make it go down easy on you. You can. (laughs) Spoonful of sugar. Right. Um, so Muppets, Batman, or Star Wars. How do you want to take your holidays this year? Oh, um, interesting, interesting. What do I want to do? I feel like we should do more Muppets. We've got really? the Muppets on the show once before this year. Part, part, in in part because yes i know about the muppets mm. but I, I don't know about the muppets i don't know anything mm. about them i've seen treasure island i think when i was a, a kid stuff like that um but yeah i had not seen the muppet movie when you showed that to me that was my first time watching <laughs> it i know i've seen the, the muppets christmas carol before I couldn't say when exactly, mm, um, mm. but yeah, yeah, why not get some more Muppet content wow. on the show? Why not? I was I really thought you'd go for Batman or like when I realized, oh, I've never brought up the Star Wars holiday special. Like that was the light bulb moment that I had to build the series of pitches around. <laughs> we at some point we are doing the Star Wars holiday special. Why it doesn't not? have to be this year, but in the life of the show, I need to talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It must be reviewed. Uh, but yeah, let's let's since we've already dipped once into the Muppet okay. universe, let's return once again. <laughs> and uh, Th- thank you that like in this year where you're like, I need more kaiju. Let's get big monsters. You've also humored me in too. my need to have small felt monsters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, cool. So that's what we will do in two weeks. Um, Keep that in mind. Of course, next week, Kaiju Max volumes five mm-hmm. and six. Um, but yeah, that is, I think, about it for our podcast today. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. Listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows that you feel like only you remember. If you like Die, we've not yet talked about that 80s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. But once we did talk about Kid Video, which is an 80s show where like it starts with live action kids and then they get sucked into some sort of music world and then they're animated. And it's like kids in a rock band who then have to go through a music world where there's like living instrument people and then like musical notes and things. 
and like the, the, the it's all it's all music themed. It's weird, but it was it was fun. Um, and I, then we we hmm? I almost guarantee you, Karen Gillan had that as part of his research for this book. He, I, <laughs> I just, I just have a feeling because what? Karen Gillan is also really, really into pop music. Oh, that uh, track. One of the 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 first books that I like heard his name on was a book called mm. Phonogram. It's all about music and I, I'm, oh. I haven't read the book, so I don't even know exactly. Uh, but then The Wicked and the Divine is uh about like gods being reincarnated but in like a modern day sense so it, there is this like pop culture stuff into okay. it so i'm i i'm wondering if in this <laughs> book about which he said he was kind of inspired by that dungeons and dragons yeah! cartoon uh in one right. of the, in one of the essays i'm wondering if if he hasn't just like watched this show when he was yeah younger like looked this up or found this as part of his mm. research for this wow. book. Here in Gillen, <laughs> where is our dramatic gritty retelling of kid video? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. If you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. I will also be posting all of our stuff on co-host uh, from now on. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll talk more about that on the Captain's Log, one of our other podcasts. Uh, but yeah, this is number 232 of The Whatnots. I was about to say Reactor Core. That's next. Show. Yeah, uh, that is a different podcast. But yep, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.